You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Victoria Schaefer, aspiring actress, babysitter extraordinaire, college student and animal enthusiast is on her own for the first time in New York City. Follow Victoria and her two dogs, Rue and Echo, as she cares for her furry friends and juggles home life and career, all the while managing to survive in the world's most hectic city. The exciting animal adventures and secret stories from both ends of the leash that make up the Tales of the City. Hey guys, it's Victoria Schaefer, your host of Tales of the City on Pet Life Radio. I had an absolute blast meeting Mr. William Wegman and his four Weimaraners. Turns out they live right around the corner, so maybe we'll be having some doggy playdates in the near future. Not only did I have the pleasure of interviewing him about his successful photography career, but it gave me an awesome tour of the coolest home I have ever seen. Every corner we turned, there was another art studio filled with incredible work. Oh yeah, and several attractive male assistants. It was never ending. My favorite part was riding the freight elevator down to the costume room where he stores all these crazy outfits and plastic arms and legs for photo shoots with his dogs. Meeting his dogs made me feel like my dogs are capable of being doggy superstars too. Off camera, his Weimaraners are just as wild as mine, ricocheting off every piece of furniture, turning every room into their playroom. So stick around because after these commercials, I'll be sharing my interview with Mr. William Weckin. It's filled with tons of tricks on how to capture a great picture of your dog, as well as creative ways to exercise and train your dog in New York City. Stay tuned. Sit and stay. Tales of the City will be right back in two shakes of a, well, tail. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do. And get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We're back. I'm Victoria Schaefer, your host of Tales of the City on Pet Life Radio. Mr. William Wegman is famous for his photos of Weimaraner dogs, which he dresses up in both silly and historical costumes, balances on bicycles and cups, and ends up with truly incredible pictures. Here's my interview with Mr. William Wegman. Enjoy! I'm here with Mr. William Wegman, an artist best known for his work with his Weimaraner dogs. Thank you so much for agreeing to speak with me. I'm sure my listeners are very excited considering we're all dog lovers. (laughs) Nice to be here. 
So, this is my own house. <laughs> I think your dogs are arguably the most recognizable dogs, besides maybe President Obama's Portuguese water dogs, Sonny and Bo. Yeah, there it's are a few other dogs that are really famous, like Lassie. Oh, yeah. They were, of course, played by several dogs. Dogs, right. <laughs> my, my dogs play themselves. <laughs> So, getting right into it, did you grow up with dogs? Like, how did your interest start with dogs, basically? Yes, I did. I had a, a dog in my Christmas stocking when I was <laughs> tiny, and uh, we named it Wags, because our name was Wag Man. And so what kind of dog was it? It was a mutt, and it looked kind of like a, oh, I don't know, a beagle lab mix, uh, something <laughs> like cute. that. And it went on my, I lived in a rural area, it went on my paper route with me. Oh, wow. uh, lived to be 20. I didn't take it off to school when I went to school in Boston for Western Mass. And it just, you know, became the family dog. And unlike my dogs, which are allowed to do and go everywhere, it couldn't live upstairs. It had to sleep in the basement. Oh, yeah. My parents have a similar situation. And it spent days outside chasing woodchucks or whatever. It would come back all bloody. But it lived oh, a long, wow. healthy life, so can't argue with that. Yeah, wow. So when did you begin photographing? What was your first uh, subject or series that you did? When I moved to California, when I was in my mid-20s, uh, the deal was we would get a dog. I was married to Gail Wegman, and she loved dogs. And she, <laughs> she, you're getting some dog sounds here. She liked short-haired, thin dogs, kind of like herself. Oh, yeah? So we were looking for Dalmatians, and one didn't turn up in our... That looked right. So Mm -hmm. someone, I remember, someone said, how about Weimaraners? They kind of fit that description. And there was an ad in the paper for Weimaraners, $35. Wow. In Long Beach, California. So we went to look. And I still wasn't quite sure, because I thought as an artist I was too busy to have a dog. Mm Mm-hmm. And I didn't really want one. You know, it was fine, a family dog, but... Right. But anyway, I ended up flipping a coin, and five out of five, it was Tails. <laughs> so we brought Man Ray home, and I named him Man Ray after the artist Man Ray. Wow, and, so it uh, was just a coincidence that you started with Weimaraners. It wasn't... Yes, I didn't get them on purpose, and I had just started to make videos and photos. This was 19... 19- 70, mm-hmm. and the portable video had just come out, and so I remember it became very quiet and attentive when I would aim this device at him, wow. and uh, and so that's how it started. So Man Ray started the whole, the whole thing. Yeah, well, I was doing a lot of other short, funny bits with the video and with the photo, but and and, and even then the dog was in not everything, but some. But right. He certainly became. A memorable component of my work and uh, before long I became known as the guy with the dog whether, whether <laughs> he was in a picture or not it was where's the dog he's not in that picture <laughs> did you ever consider photographing other breeds after that or you just uh, no and I didn't really think of him so much as a dog there was something non-dog like about him he wasn't very doggy he looked kind of mysterious, a little bit scary. He wasn't exactly like cute. Like he's always thinking about yeah, something. Yeah, there was something kind of sinister and also gray, which later when I got my second dog and started to use her in costumes and in other mm-hmm. positions, she became, you know, their, their nickname, the Weimaraner, is, their nickname is the Gray Ghost. Oh, wow. So I thought of them as kind of the ghost for my ideas. So. <laughs> and do you only photograph your own dogs? I photographed a lot of other dogs. Lot, and do people call you 
asking, oh, can you photograph yes. my dog? Yes, and I we, love your work. We, we do that on and occasion. And you do that. Yesterday, I photographed a Vishala, which is a similar-looking dog. People flew their dog all the way in from Mich- oh, wow. from uh, Michigan or Minnesota or one of the M's in the Midwest there, and we photographed this and dog. And how does that go? Does it was not dog... good. It was. Uh, Some dogs are amazing, and they Mm -hmm. just, as soon as they see the flash, it's like babies. When you see the flash from the strobes, babies smile, (laughs) or they they cry, I don't know. So this dog got, I think it was afraid of uh, thunder and lightning, so the strobe lights reminded her of that. So I end up using her in motion, so we get her playing rather than sitting with stuff on her. So you got to get creative. So you have to really adapt. Mm -hmm. And how many dogs do you have currently? I have four, too old, too young. Can you name them all? I can't remember their names. Too many. <laughs> Let's see. There's Bob and Ray. His name is, I named him after the comedians Bob and Ray. <laughs> and so I call him Bobbin, which is also like a sewing device, uh, right? right? The Bobbin. He's 14. He's, he's the great-grandson of Faye Ray, my second dog. And after that, is, uh, then there's Candy, who's 13. Who marks for food and wants to go under the covers? So now he wanted to go out. So one of the it's nice out. I mean, yeah. I think dogs like the snow maybe yeah. more than people. Yeah, they <laughs> so you were naming two more dogs. Oh yeah, Candy, who's uh, was the 13. mate of Bobbin, and they ended up having a litter oh, of wow. five. And uh, so the one that I loved the most because she was so amazing, uh, we named Penny That's because cute. it sort of was symmetrical to candy like penny candy (laughs) so her name was penny she became my absolute best easiest model for instance she was the cover of the national geographic as on the dog genome and she was just fantastic i've had a lot of really great dogs i've had 10 10 in all are they all like bred from your previous dogs or sometimes you venture out and get um, no the, the latest two were our adventure the one that's jumping on me right now <laughs> whose name is Flo comes from Syracuse and I met her as a puppy I've been taking puppy Weimaraner pictures occasionally whenever there's a litter with people that know me they'll bring right. me the litters to photograph oh, that's so cute. and it ends up in uh, a calendar sometimes <laughs> so Flo was one of those wow and uh, Flo is uh, very attached to Penny and how I would work with her while I was doing this National Geographic cover is I would put Penny on the modeling stand right next to uh, Flo, right next to Penny, so she would get used to it. Right. And she got very addicted to having her picture taken. So I kind of trained <laughs> wow, her to do so that. so they're completely aware of the situation. Yeah, absolutely. You don't sneak up on them. So where do you get your inspiration for every shot? I think it's probably from what I'd done in the past and the space I'm in, which factors in a lot. And uh, But most of all, the dog, what they're like, how they sit, stand, mm-hmm. uh, look, their, their lines, and, you know, all of that. And where do you get all the amazing costumes and props for each shoot? Yeah, I don't spend much money on that stuff. I, really? Th- yeah, yard sales, thrift stores. So just and awesome uh, afterwards, I'll take you down to uh, the storage room where all of these oh, costumes wow. are, so you can have be a look. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, so obviously some of your shots are very complex. Like it requires a lot of balancing from your dog to mm-hmm. focus, or to be sleeping, or intertwined. Do you train your dogs, or do you have a dog trainer? Do you watch the dog whisper? <laughs> no, I whisper, do my own whispering. They're always uh, trained on the job. I never train them 
elsewhere. Uh, you know, they're just there, and somehow the fact of elevating them is one thing. If you put them up higher mm-hmm. than they're normally, they seem to like that because I think they always want to be as tall as you. Oh, and wow. so I, I learned that by accident when I worked with a Polaroid camera, which was tall, mm-hmm. of the size of a refrigerator. She'd always have to bring something up to the subject. Uh-huh. So so then I could see that they liked that, you know. So now I bring... Stuck with it. They're standing on boxes or something like that. Right. And balancing is really kind of cool because it trains them because they have no choice. You know, if they're sitting on top of a bicycle... They can either fall and make a loud noise, or they can sit still. Right, but you have to yeah. get them on top of the bicycle. Yeah, they have to not be afraid, and that's the one thing that works best with dogs. If a dog is fearful, it's really hard. Like the, like the Vigili yesterday, he got afraid. It was really hard to do anything static. Mm-hmm. And have you ever had to scrap or change a photo idea because you just couldn't get the dog to cooperate? Absolutely. In my book, Cinderella, I, I couldn't get them so it looked like they were dancing together it looked like they had just slept together you know it was very debauched do you travel with your dogs like i guess you travel for work do you decide after that that you might want to bring them on vacation as well yeah is no, it they, easy hard challenges that you come, come? They, well they don't fly but they'll be in the back of uh, my car and i have an suv hey come on i'm talking here <laughs> silly these two are really nuts so yeah, they. Uh, I go to Maine in the summer, and, and they love being there. So that's part oh, of yeah. our, our of our life. We have a place upstate that we go to, and where they, they can really just like run being free. in the city. They like wandering around the city with you know on they the do. leash, smelling things they shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your favorite dog friendly places in New York City? Like where do you like to yeah. go the most with them? I like to go to the Chelsea Piers, and then I play hockey Amazing. there. So I go there. I bike them there every night. We visit the uh, head of adult hockey there after really? 10 and, all four of them yeah and sometimes he runs out on the ice in between games so we like to go there and they but, just uh, relax and watch and they don't relax they just they get excited they hear the people <laughs> skating and the pucks slamming around yeah. but it is something that i like and they tend to like what i like Again. in the old days i used to before the west side highway and the whole west side thing happened you could go right up to the hudson river and i used to crawl under the fence with my dog man ray and hang out right by the by the hudson river there it was pretty cool but you don't do all that bu- anymore it's all built up there's buildings oh, now yeah. there's just sand dunes and ponds and ducks and that's uh, nice yeah i'm always looking for places to bring my dogs yeah. where like they don't have to be leashed in new york city absolutely yeah there used to be a lot of those yeah right uh, now I lived on Upper West Side at, at one point, and they had Central Park before 9 a.m. You could go. And they don't do that anymore? And, well, now I live in Chelsea, so oh. it's like getting a cab with two dogs at 7 o'clock yeah. in the morning is not the easiest thing. Yeah. <laughs> it is a challenge. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so at night after 10, I, I bike them when there's not street traffic, and I get down to the bike path there and take them on the bike path. That's so and, nice. And gallop along. And I usually go down to the down south towards the trade center area oh wow and back okay i have two more questions for you one is what is a day in the life with your dogs what's your schedule like when you wake up yeah well if it's here it's one thing if it's maine it's another but the first thing they do is eat (laughs) and uh but you know all through the night they've been getting up to go outside and they get me yeah that's why i'm I'm kind of look kind of bedraggled in the morning (laughs) is they uh 
they have a way of uh, knocking on the door, and I let them out to the yard. Oh, yeah. So in the morning, I clean up that yard, feed them, walk around the block, which is where I was when you came this morning. Right. And uh, then I either will have a photo shoot, and I'll go downstairs to that studio I showed you, or I'll go into my painting studio and work there. Wow. And they tend to follow me wherever I go, whether I'm painting or taking pictures. Do they knock over stuff or like get their nose in some paint ever? Uh, yeah, they do. In fact, <laughs> this guy chewed up a tube of cadmium red paint and pooped it out. Bright red oh, poop. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so. Yeah, I'm familiar with that, too. Yeah. My dog threw up a sock the other night, a oh. whole sock. Well, he didn't throw up a sock and had to have it operated on. Really? Oh, and thank he God. Threw up, and he didn't throw up my daughter's doll leg from when she was a little girl, and that had to be really? surgically removed. And I'll wow. show you I have that. Yeah, uh, you the, kept the, it? Well, the vet washed it, and we have it now on our bulletin board. So, <laughs> That's or, a keepsake yeah, of yeah. the occasion. Yeah. Okay, and finally, do you have any tips or tricks that you could tell our listeners as far as keeping and maintaining and keeping a happy dog basically mm. in New York City. Well, I really like having more than one dog. I know people say that that it's too much, but for me, you just kind of stand back and watch the show right. and I feel less sad about if I, have to leave, if I have to leave them alone, I don't feel so, so sad. So sad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I also, and this is just me, my dogs look phenomenal on furniture and I let them <laughs> on anything, so my yeah. house is sort of designed to Are be... they big shedders or not? Not too big, but when they get older, they tend to shed a little bit. I don't have any other specific advice. You just, if you live with your dog, you know, you kind of know what it likes. Yeah, what it doesn't like. And I sort of follow what they they want to do. (laughs) Great. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you. It's fun. So that concludes today's segment of Tales of the City on Pet Life Radio. I want to thank Mr. William Wegman for inviting me into his home and giving a great interview. But before I say goodbye, it's time for the charitable note of the day. Today I want to talk about Esteban. Esteban was rescued by Rescuezilla here in New York City. He's a five-year-old rat terrier chihuahua mix who is white with black spots. He's so tiny, only eight pounds. His small size makes him best for a family without small children. On the other hand, his size makes him a great apartment dog and great for traveling, which is a perk when subways are the best form of transportation in New York City. Just stick him in a doggy carrier and you can be on your way. And trust me, do not take this for granted. Before I got my dog Echo, Rue and I were flying through the city on the subway. Now with a 65 pound dog, walking is really our only option. Which isn't the end of the world, we just have to leave a lot earlier. Esteban is currently being fostered with two other small male dogs. He absolutely loves playing with Kongs, but nothing brings him more joy than kissing you and receiving affection. The more he knows you, the more love he gives. He's full of personality and intelligence. Although he's made great strides in tons of things, he's still struggling on doing his business outside and using wee-wee pads. So his owner needs to be patient and understanding. He'll get it soon. Esteban is neutered, microchipped, vaccinated, and had a dental cleaning, completely ready for adoption and waiting for his forever home. If you think Esteban and you are the perfect match, Visit www.rescuezillanyc.org or email adopt at rescuezillanyc.org for more information. That concludes today's segment of Tales of the City on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for listening and see you next time when I'll bring you another fun and exciting tale of the city. See you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.